There's nothing more beautiful than the changing of the leaves. Except, of course, the changing of the tires at Les Schwab. It's breathtaking. So head in before the weather turns and take advantage of one of our biggest sales of the year. Les Schwab Tires. Doing the right thing matters. All right, it is a big one coming up on Sunday for the Seattle Seahawks. First place in the NFC West on the line. And as he does every Friday, the coach of the Seahawks, Pete Carroll, joins us. Hey, Coach, great to talk to you today. What's up, Dory? Good to talk to you. I tell you what, uh, first quarter of the season in the rearview mirror, that seems like a pretty good time to do an overall overview of where you're at. Where, where, how do you feel about the team at the first quarter, Mark? Well, I think we're on. We're, we're growing. You know, I think we're growing together, and, and we're getting better. Uh, not not happy with uh, the inconsistency in the first quarter, um, but uh, we so, we showed what we can do on defense. We showed what we can do on offense and teams, and so we know where we are. And, and we just got to keep improving and cleaning things up and take care of that football. And and uh, you know, we put a lot of yards on up on the board the last couple of weeks, and so we're moving in the right direction in a lot of areas. And really happy with the progress of the offensive line. Uh, we're protecting the quarterback better, and we're running the football better, and, and uh, that lets Russell do his thing, and that, that's good. And, and we just got to keep ourselves consistent and consistently getting better and keep growing. Well, maybe you just talking about the an- offensive line answers my question. I was going to ask, is there one area that you're happiest with or that has been the most pleasant surprise so far? Well, I, I think uh, you know, if there's really one area is the cover guys. I, we're really covering people well, and, and that's been an emergence of uh, – you know, uh, Shaq Griffin, one um, really good play by, by the, of course, the guys that have been here. Uh, Earl's on his game, Cam and, and Sherman playing well, and then also the um, the emergence of Justin Coleman is is uh, um, really positive too. So we're covering really well, and we have improved uh, like we hope to in the offensive line. Okay, and and then areas you need to work on the most. What would you identify there? Well, I, w- I would go to um, we, we got to get after the quarterback better than we are. That uh, we've seen a lot of quick game and a lot of uh, loaded protections and stuff. We got to get through that so that we can force the issues. Okay. We got to get the ball away from, the, from our opponents better than we are, and that usually starts with pass rush. And so, uh, and that's that's the combination of how we pressure and all that stuff that, that, that harasses the QB into making mistakes. You saw how it turned. You know, once we got ahead in the game last week, and all of a sudden we're just we're just getting after the quarterback, just like. Just like we want to, and and uh, so we need to put it in that mode better and more consistently. That second half on Sunday night was absolutely phenomenal. It was so much fun to watch, and I I heard you joking on Monday about the fire and brimstone speech that we know you did not give at halftime. But can you can you take me into the locker room at halftime and give me some insights as to to what the process is there? Yeah, well, we felt like um, you know on on offense, we really felt like we hadn't we hadn't seen the game plan come to life yet. And so that, that means that we just wanted to go right back to the, to the, um, the, the stuff that fit off the running game and, and, and make sure that we press the issue with the run game and, and see if that wouldn't come, you know, come through just like we had planned, and it did. And you know, we rushed for 150-something yards in the second half and, and you know, put all the points up and all the first downs started happening and all that. It really just turned everything around, and, and the defense took full advantage of that. So... Um, that that was the biggest issue, and you know sometimes you got to adjust and change stuff, and sometimes you got to do just what you plan to do, and and we just had the feeling like if we would go right to it, that we it, we could bring it up, and and it certainly happened. And Russell was throwing the ball well, you know, right off the bat, he was eight for nine in the first half. That was not an issue, and and so we just went to the running game, and and uh, Eddie lit it up and did a nice job, and and away we went. And is there any fire and brimstone? Is there? I mean, is there any speech making when when you're not playing sure. to your potential? 
Sure there is. Yeah, there, there, there's, you know, there's a, just a moment there, you know, whether it's the coaches talking to the O and the D when they're, when they're putting together their adjustments for the halftime or when we call them all up at the end and, and, you know, I give them the direction of what we're going to try to get done. There's always some, there's something in there. And, you know, it just depends on the situation, what's going on and what's necessary. And hopefully we hit it right. And, you know, things went just exactly right last week. And, you know, there, there was not, not a, a lot of joy in Mudville there at halftime. 15-10, just missed a field goal. You know, we weren't looking very good and, and all that. But the point was that that had nothing to do with what, what was going to happen next. And so we talked right about the, the next step we take in the next series and the next sequences and stuff like that and tried to make sure, sure that everybody was focused and, and tuned into that. And, and we were patient. We needed to be patient to bring it, bring it back. Yeah, that was, a, that was an incredible second half. Uh, I know it's a little bittersweet. In, in fact, it was odd as we were doing the postgame show uh, because we had to wait for so long for you to come out, and then you explained why. You explained what had happened with uh, Reese Odiambo, and and uh, I I talked to a bunch of people who were down there in the locker room. That sounded like, and, and we can talk about it in terms now that are very different from how everybody felt on Sunday because he's okay, he's back practicing full, but that sounded like it was really scary after the game. Well, we weren't sure, you know, but we had the experts there, and those guys just took full control of it and did a fantastic job, and it made sure that we, you know, we were all very secure. They had his vitals. They knew exactly where he was, and he was very safe and all that, but it, it just had been overcome somewhat, you know, by the, the exertion and, and trouble breathing and stuff like that. It really wasn't – it seemed serious. We treated it as serious as it could possibly be, and uh, they took great care of him, and he's, and he's better. And he, he had uh, – you know, didn't practice all, all the way out on Thursday, so we got to see how he does, you know, by game time. But um, he, he's certainly back in action and has a chance to dress and play in the game. Okay, and uh, I know that there were a bunch of guys banged up, so that would probably be a good time to hit those injuries. Jeremy Lane, uh, where's he at? Uh, he's got he's got a strain groin that's going to likely keep him from getting back. We'll give him all the way to game time, but it's going to be hard for him to make it back this week. Okay, and uh, Cliff Averill, I know you talked to the press on Wednesday, and it sounded a little ominous. I know you know you don't want to go into too many details, but we know it's like neck and spinal stuff, and it sounded quite ominous when you know you said we'll see what happens. Yeah, well, when you know whenever it's the spinal stuff and you and you get stingers, that means that there's some nerve nerve action going on there and you got to be really careful and really safe with all that stuff which is you know what we only would do and in this case in particular you know we just got to make sure and so we're we're going to uh, take our time with this and, and let it quiet down and he, he's really not uncomfortable but just just what the some of the uh tests that he took you know showed some stuff that we just got to make sure we're really honoring and and uh make good choices here and he, he, we're we're on the same page and take it one step at a time and we'll get to it when we can and you were trotting out on the field a lot because I know how concerned you are. I know how much you care about these guys. And when Chris Carson went down, it looked so serious. And I know you said it's significant, but uh, it, it that, that had to be heartbreaking as hard as that kid's worked. Yeah, he's had such a great start to, to his you know his career and, and all that. And uh, he had surgery this week, and, and uh, they repaired it and, and his ankle, and everything should be okay. It'll take a while, but um, you know he'll, he'll be back and be fine. We've been through this before. But um, it's just, just – uh, the, the players were taking to him so much, and they were so excited about about his way of you know kind of carrying himself, and so humble and and so tough, and and, and also just looked like a really special player. So we're gonna miss him. Um, but fortunately, you know Thomas Rawls jumps in, so yep. we're very lucky that we have a guy of that caliber ready to take over the snaps. And and uh, and and, and uh, uh, Eddie Lacy will you know will take a load, and then also we're gonna see some J.D. McKissick, you know, and so. Uh, he did some some really exciting things too, so we're excited to see him on on the play field. Do you know who your starting running back is Sunday? 
Yeah, they're all starting. Okay. <laughs> That's okay. what play we call. All right, all in there. These guys, really, actually, all, all, all three guys will play a lot, and, and uh, they'll be mixing in throughout the game. Okay, got it. Uh, you talked a little bit after the game on Sunday, and I wanted to get you to expand on it a little because you love the game. You love you know, the, the values that it instills in people. But you also have to handle those injuries and the emotions of that. And just talk a little bit about balancing the, you know, the toll the game takes on the guys and the, the joys and the values the game instills in people. Yeah, well, one of the things is everybody that plays this game, once you get mature enough to understand it, you know, every day, every play, you know, there's a chance that you don't play again. And uh, there's, there's just, you know, there's issues and there's accidents that happen and stuff. And so, um, our guys are well aware of that, and, and but yet you have to play in, in you know in the absence of that thought, and, and so our guys have worked hard to do that, and so when it happens, you know it, it's and the guy gets hurt, and maybe he's out for a season or he's out for you know for a month or something like that. Uh, everybody feels it, you know. We're, we're just that connected, and so um, there's a very deep connection that, that occurs through this all the effort it takes to put this game together and these teams together, and and the guys really care and, and they really are connected, and so um, it's it's. It's like, you know, it really becomes the feeling and the sense of family. Yeah. And so uh, the values, how you look after one another and how you take care of each other and you care for one another is, is really some of the great lessons that happen in this game. Yep. Okay. Back to the L.A. Coliseum. It's uh, your second season traveling back to the Coliseum now. But uh, do you have a favorite memory in that, in that building? Uh, yeah, I do. It, it, it's not the one that people would think, but it goes all the way back to uh, our first the, the last game of the season, our first year, when we played UCLA, and we had um, had you know okay crowds during the course of the season, but that was the first time in that rivalry I saw it, and the Coliseum was absolutely packed, and it was a night game, and I think we won 23 to nothing or something like that, or 24 to nothing or whatever it was, and that was the first time I had a chance to see what USC football could really be like, and uh, the excitement of it, and the energy, and the depth of it, and all that, and, and it was really. I've never forgotten that 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 moment. And then you know, after that, we went years with you know selling the place out and did some great things and stuff. And and uh, that was, but that was the first time I really felt the kind of the the real gratitude and appreciation for for the place. And and uh, and it never it only got better from there. So that, that's my that's my my strongest memory. That's very cool. What do you th- uh, when you said it's not what most people would think? What do you think most people would guess? Would have been your favorite. Oh, I don't know. There's other games, and we play a lot of big games against a lot of good teams, you know, and yeah. stuff. And they might think, uh, you know, those might be different. We beat Notre Dame there a bunch, and you know, and, and we went on to beat UCLA there a lot, you know, the rest of the, every time. And uh, there was Nebraska and Auburn and, and, and Ohio State, and you know, those some great matchups, but none of them were, was the impressive, the same as that first time we really showed what it could be like. And then the vision was really clear from then on. You know, a, a couple weeks ago, both the Rams and Chargers had home games. And they made a big deal out of the fact that their combined attendance was less than the attendance for the USC Texas game the night before, and and a lot of a lot of people are asking is is LA an NFL market? Is it? Well, I would tell you that it's it's going to be way more difficult than people would think. And um, just judging from when the Raiders were there and when the Rams left, you know, and and all, it was. Um, they weren't. They, those weren't great experiences, you know. And there yeah. wasn't a lot of winning that was done at the end of that, those runs. And and those fans are championship fans. Now they 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 expect it. You know, they got the Dodgers. They've had the Lakers. You know, they they had SC and they've had UCLA for all these years. And they have a really high expectation. So it's hard to meet those. And so um, I I think it's going to be difficult. I think it'll be particularly difficult for the Chargers. You know, uh, trying to do their thing and and. Uh, 
But it um, doesn't mean it can't be done because SD was struggling when we went there, and it turned around. So it, it can be done. But you got to do a lot of winning to catch them, and, and um, that's just kind of the way the makeup is. Even though there's like 17 or 18 million people in Southern California, they, that doesn't mean they're all coming to your football games. Yeah. So it's, um, it's an interesting crowd and makeup. Well, and building a championship team uh, leads nicely into a little preview of Sunday because the Rams are – as you would say, they're getting after it pretty good, and uh, they they're just looking like a a real solid team. That the coach is doing a great job, Sean McVay. Third, what is he? Thirty one years old, Sean yeah. McVay. How how yeah. old were you when the Patriots hired you? Uh, jeez, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I think I was like forty something, forty one or something, too, when when I went to the Jets. So I was, I don't know, mid-40s or something like that. Mid-40s, okay. Because you, you told me many times, you've said that, you know, you really compared to what you figured out when you were at USC and, and here in Seattle, you said you didn't know what you were doing. I'm trying to imagine a 30-year-old guy taking over an yeah. NFL franchise. How, how tough is that? Yeah, I, there's a that, it's a tremendous uh, accomplishment for him just to get this thing started and start so well. You know, I've been talking about uh, you know, his – uh, the, the guy in his family that I know, it's, it's John McVay, it's his grandfather. I've been talking like it's his dad all week. Uh, it's his grandfather that we were together in, in, San, in San Francisco. Uh, I was I was way off on that one. But, um, he, That's he has, really it's funny. In the, it's in the family, though, you know, and, and he's he's grown up kind of like a prodigy kid, and, and uh, he's just way ahead of the, of the curve for most, and he's really bright and really got his act together, and it would be really fun to watch how he does. Wow. So yeah, I heard your Wednesday press conference. You mentioned coaching with Sean's dad, and you said, I yeah, don't even know if right he was born. I was so far off of that. <laughs> <laughs> I the whole generation in there. Sorry, sorry to uh, the McVay family. Uh, but I, it's kind of a compliment to, to my old buddy John, so that, that's okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, so the Rams lead the league in scoring. What are they doing so well on offense? They're, uh, they're really – uh, getting the ball to the good players that are making things happen uh, in, in a big fashion. Gurley is really having a good start. Um, Sammy Watkins is doing good stuff. Uh, the turnaround for Jared Goff is, is startling. You know, he's a 112-rated guy now, and he was 62 or 66 or something last year. So um, he's way ahead of schedule, and, and his completion percentage is way up. His turnovers are way down. His red zone is good. His uh, third down numbers are good. So they're just executing like crazy. They are doing. A, they are up tempo in, and, and they've taken advantage of some of some of the opponents and not being ready for that. And hopefully, we'll do a nice job there. Um, but it's an impressive attack so far, and we'll see if we can slow them down. Yeah, and how good is uh, Aaron Donald on their defense? Well, he's as hard. He's as hard to deal with as you get. He's as fast as any. He's the fastest uh, defensive tackle in the NFL. Uh, nobody can can match his quickness and explosion, and uh, so he's a real problem. So we have to keep an eye on him with. Uh, more than one guy most of the time, and try to slow him down. Um, you know, but that's, that's also he's right next to Robert Quinn, who's a monster as well, and and a couple other guys that really get off the off the rock. So it's going to be a difficult challenge, and and uh, we know we we it's not the Rams of year year last couple of years. They're very difficult, and so we'll see if we can handle those guys down in L.A. Yeah, this has a pretty good feel for a Week Five matchup: three and one L.A., two and two you guys, first place on the line. That's uh. Nice little exciting bump for the fans in the early season game still. Yeah, I like it. You know, it's a championship matchup again. Here we go. And it's going to call for that kind of performance. And we'll see if we can take care of that ball and do some good stuff. Okay, sounds good. Keep it rolling, Pete. Uh, Sunday afternoon in L.A. Good talk with you, Coach. I appreciate it. Okay, Dory. Nice talking to you, too. Bye-bye. All right, Coach Pete Carroll, he joins us every Friday here on Cairo Radio.